Hello, Joao Simoes from Lisbon. You are the CEO of ID Spaces. We met, we met six years ago, I think, when we had the Corking Europe conference in Lisbon. And uh, back in the time you were starting up. Today you are three big locations uh, in Lisbon. Uh, you are huge in Lisbon. So can you introduce us to ID Spaces and um, Give us some information about, about the company. Hi, James. First, thanks for the invite. So, and, uh, so I'm one of the co-founders of Idea Spaces. So as you mentioned, we started, we are still babies. We started in 2014 initially with uh, 400 square meters. I hate to measure our business in square meters, but I think it's important to, to give this relevance. So in, uh, currently, as per today, we have 5,000 square meters and in three weeks time, we're going to be 10,000 square meters and going now from 600 members to 1,200 members. Um, so basically what we are, we are a community-driven co-working space. That's our philosophy, so it's all about people, so this is our focus since day one. Yeah. Um, of course, in 2014, we had to start the education process of people about co-working, uh, but now I think it's uh, globally it's more recognized as a, as a, a way forward, and this but it's not, it's not an exception, so and we sustain our growth also over these years. Yeah, so, so your, your company, um, some numbers that you, you, you disclosed is, uh, for instance, 85% uh, of your tenants are actually belonging to teams, 50% uh, are individual. And um, when we first met, it was really the beginning of this strategy of Lisbon to become a tech hub or tech magnet. And what you explained to me is that definitely your, your success is also the result of this, um, this strategy because uh, now Lisbon is indeed one of the most appealing places for, for companies and startups. So can you elaborate a little bit to us what, what happened there and, and how you could embrace and, addre and address these uh, growing needs? I, I, I think Lisbon has changed a lot since 2014. So not only on the city infrastructure, uh, as well on the, on the city awareness globally, uh, that also the impact of the Web Summit coming to Lisbon, the tourism effects, uh, also put basically this one on the radar, right? So, and this of course helped us a lot in terms of uh, first on the sustainability of our business and secondly also on the growth uh, because then we start to see more international companies as well as international workers, so more, more common as a digital nomads or freelancers uh, moving to Lisbon and they need a place to work and uh, especially a place where they, they have some sense of belonging, right? And this is something that we have been working. And um, so I think nothing, as, as in, the, in, the, in the other dimensions of our lives, uh, nothing works by itself, right? So we did our share of work mm -hmm. and we will continue to do our share of work. The factor, the lucky factor, uh, the lucky factor also worked on us uh, so on, the, on this impact. But the rest is the other ecosystem players that also help us uh, to, to be more a more vibrant uh, city. Uh, and so I think, I think it's the construction of, of all these factors that help us to, to, to yeah. be where we are today. Yeah, you, you mentioned for instance that the size of the teams you are you host in your um, two no, and, uh, and to be three buildings. Uh, 
can be two people teams up to 50 people teams and 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 what you explained was it's really interesting because uh, um, as Lisbon now works as a talent magnet you had a lot of growing IT companies from Finland from maybe I don't know Canada or Poland who opened branches in Portugal to lure to lure talent to 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 Lisbon because it's easier to bring people to Lisbon than to bring people to Helsinki. And then they opened their branch and bring maybe 30 people in, in Lisbon and grew and grow their, their, their activity from there to, for help desking or tech support or development. Um, so, so, so that's really that how you benefit and you, how you can address the, and adapt to, the, to this rising reality of Lisbon, right? True. So, uh, again, putting Lisbon on the radar and also attract these companies. So, as an alternative to more expensive cities, uh, of course, it's when we, well, the Brexit effect started a couple of years ago, uh, we had a lot of demand, uh, well, at least inquiring companies that were based in the UK and uh, considering to move their operations to alternative countries, and the, the Portugal was one of, of cities uh, of the countries that were considered but of course the talent pool that we have it here plus our na native hospitality uh, mindset uh, plus also the, the infrastructure that the cities or the cities that we offer it's very attractive to, to international workers and uh, also for the companies but if we even if now we see the the, the housing crisis increasing over the years uh, the, 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 the payroll or the wages of the, of the, of the, of the people also increasing, fortunately, um, because I, I think just the hiring talent for low cost is definitely not, not the, the way forward for the future in terms of sustainability. Uh, but it's still cheaper hiring uh, a tech engineer uh, in Lisbon than going try to hire in, in London or in France or in other uh, European countries, right? Uh, so this is all the construction of all these factors uh, put Lisbon, not only Lisbon, I'm always referring to Lisbon because that's where we're based, to be honest, but, uh, but we see also in Oporto there's a, a lot of growth over the years. Um, so Portugal as a, as a whole um, uh, has great conditions, uh, not only on talent but also the infrastructures. Um, to offer to, to these companies. And what we see now, most of the companies, even now when they start, they, see, they have with a plan for two to three, two to three years. Mm -hmm. Initially, they, they, they don't want to commit with a longer period than three years uh, because they want to ramp up, they want to test the concept and see if the operations go well. Uh, so normally they try to avoid traditional renting um, from the office space. Yeah. Because first, there's a commitment normally five to ten years of contract of the leases, and, and also there's a huge capex uh, investment also to ramp up those offices. And also, um, normally our interfaces are the the, the CLOs uh, and the, now the, the new person that went is the, the HR. Yeah. Uh, they, they also use to try to understand what the community-based uh, community, uh, community uh, concept can bring to attract and to retain talents, right? So, um, and this helps a lot. So, so are, there, 
Are they aware of this this added value of the of the community and the socialization that uh, the, the employees can have and enjoy? If they are not aware, we, we reinforce the message. Uh, we can, if we talk to the CFO and he's going to discuss with the square meter cost or the pair of cost, etc. And so, okay, guys, this is all like you go to a resort with all inclusive, right? That's what we offer. Yeah. And so this is a tangible services that we provide, but also there are the non-tangible services that we provide. Uh, for example, if by we surprise your team members today with a free lunch uh, or a free uh, breakfast, etc., or a free event, or etc., this is money that you are not spending, so you're already paid, so it's already you know, your running OPEX. Mm -hmm. uh, but this works on, the, on their motivation, on the, on the, on the, on the retention of their team members, right? So this is constantly uh, activities that we are developing. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we have the free beer every week and uh, the, the, the other activities. But uh, this surprise happens that we introduce ad hoc uh, well, not so ad hoc on the, on the, on the community, uh, help them to, to surprise their team members and to be more happy at work, right? So, and um, that's why the, the HR people uh, also uh, not only looking for the health and safety, uh, but especially uh, on, the, on the employee engagement, on the employee retention strategies, and uh, also. For me, I think the next step would be the knowledge sharing uh, step, but I think most of the companies are still not ready to give that step uh, on the knowledge sharing. They do it unofficially and, uh, on, the, on, the, on the breakouts that we do, right, or on the events. Because I think the future is not only sharing space, not only sharing experience, but also sharing uh, knowledge. And I think that's the future. So you mean you mean like uh, things like peer learning and uh, um, things where you can have a kind of mentorship kind of stuff. Uh, that's what you are thinking of that you could you could facilitate as well. So add a layer of service to what you are already doing. We we already do this knowledge or business sharing between let's put it at company level. Uh, so uh, one of the things that we would, uh, especially now with our new app. We ask what are what are your interests, what are your skills, what you what are your goals. We cross this with the, uh, with our data team to understand. Okay, James uh, is looking uh, to to have or looking for maybe what partner with is interested in football or is interested in having a beer or cinema. So we try to make this basically matchmaking between yeah. uh, people on the, on their. Uh, Personal time, let's put it this way, but also on the company levels, uh, we try to increase their business inside the community. So, the last survey we did it was end of 2016. And uh, so, we need to update these numbers. Um, but we asked what was the internal business generated between the community members, and it was over 1 million euros. So, just internal sales. Between the uh, members, between people, uh, uh, and I think now, if we run the survey now again, the number will be higher. And, uh, that's what we, uh, our theoretically, and our dream is for every year that the member puts uh, uh, to us in, in our community, we want to have the multiple at least four or five times. 
what the investor wants. So that's the return on investment. Yeah. Financially, if we yeah. want to have uh, this impact. Yes, yeah, that, uh, that you're also working as a lead generator for them and that uh, the, the subscription is paid back through the through just the business to generate being part of the ecosystem. Uh, That's the idea. And we do it very naturally from day one. So yeah. when we do the onboarding of the, uh, of the company and the, and, the, and the team, the team members, we try to understand, okay, please tell us what are, what are your interests, what are you looking for? Are you looking to, to buy smarter? Or you want to sell smarter? So what are what do you buy? And then we try to make these cross links with the community members to have a closer services, so proximity to service providers as well as possible for a better rate. Um, so this is something that we are constantly doing now, and we I think we we tend to keep this on the human factor on these connections to be by our community managers, to be done by our community managers, but now also due to this COVID, um, we also introduced these features on, the, on our app where you can basically have a marketplace yeah. where you can go, okay, I'm, I want to buy these or I want to sell these and make these connections uh, digitally between people. Interesting. And um, so you speak about the COVID, so um, ju just briefly, the, uh, you mentioned the fact, for instance, that you were creating a specific, specific subscription um, for Steam, for instance, so 10 people could uh, just pay for five desks and rotate due to the fact that they are uh, uh, not coming back altogether. Um, what, can you tell us a little bit about the situation for, for you in Lisbon regarding the COVID and what you, you expect it to come back in September, um, the, 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 the normal situation? Yeah, so when we, we, we had the break on, on the operations uh, due to the, this pandemic, uh, in the meantime, so where basically 90% of our team was back home, we were thinking uh, what could be the options for the future, right? So we have created a few new memberships, uh, especially pushing even, even further the flexibility uh, approach to the companies. Uh, because one of the people said, okay, remote work is the future. I do agree. Working from home, our perspective is not remote work and it's not the future, right? So we try to, to approach the companies, okay, uh, we understand that, that uh, now we want to protect your teammates, but they also they are shouting to you, okay, we need a, a place to work at least a couple of days per week. So that's why I decided to create this rework membership where we offer uh, the companies instead of paying 10 memberships for their 10 members, they, they, they buy five memberships and then people can use it, right? So this is one of alternatives that we offer also to, to this company. Um, of course, as any other co-working space or any other business was impacted by COVID, but most of the companies were impacted by COVID. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, in our business plan, we, we projected a worst case scenario that really happened. I think some okay. of the proactive measures that we, we did and our social responsibility with those companies help us to retain and to have a more cohesive approach with our members and most of them stay with us. Um, but uh, so we, we stop operations uh, beginning end of March and, until mid-May. We were basically with the minimum services. Uh, since then, we have been slowly wrapping up uh, 
that's really the new normal. Um, uh, we see a, a growth, a slow growth over the weeks, uh, but now it's a summer break. Uh, kids uh, will return to school now in the beginning of September. Um, so what we expect, and we already have some contract signed for the beginning of September to, to, to have a more normal return to, to the office. But I think each country has a different reality. Unfortunately, now we see a growth of the number of cases in Spain and in mm -hmm. any other cases in any other countries. But in Portugal, it's more or less stable, right? So we have 100 to 200 cases per day, and it's more or less stable. And we see the level of confidence of people and also the need of returning to some kind of reality or new reality and coming back to work. So, but I think it will be a transition period until the end of the year. So. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. Yes. Thank you, Joao, for sharing uh, your story with us and uh, all the good tips and, uh, and all the, the promises that are coming up uh, still, despite uh, you know, how hard the situation is for the moment. But um, yes, we are confident that uh, we'll be back to normal. And um, so we hope to see you in Vienna for the co-working conference, uh, either physically or virtually. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, we wish you the best uh, until then. Likewise. So thank you. Have a great day. And uh, I will be here if you need anything. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.